and welcome to the High Vibe Human Podcast. I'm your host, Lexi Johnson from Educating Earthlings. This podcast is all about raising your vibrations to connect with yourself on a deeper level. We talk about everything high vibe, including wellness, human design, nutrition, relationships, spirituality, meditation, hormone healing, crystals, astrology, female empowerment, and so much more. We'll chat with some amazing humans who radiate positivity, inspiration, and authenticity. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. I can't wait to vibe with you. Love and light from your host, Lexi. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the High Vibe Human Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. We have a special guest. Um, her name is Meredith, and she is the creator of the High Life Podcast and the High Life on Instagram. She also has a blog and everything, a coaching business. Um, and the High Life, that's H-Y-E, which stands for Honor Yourself Every Day. And it's just so beautiful. Her whole um, intention of her business and her life is beautiful and I just loved speaking with her. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. But before we get started, I'm going to announce the winner for the one-on-one human design reading. And the way that you can enter into this drawing is to just rate and leave a review on iTunes. And every month I pick one winner randomly um, to meet with me one-on-one for a little mini human design reading. So which is kind of me giving back to you guys and saying thank you for listening and for all of your support. This month's winner is Anna M. Woodcock. Hey, Anna, what's up? I know um, I've known Anna for a very long time. She's my one of my sister's best friends. Um, so we spent a lot of time together as a child, lots of family vacations together. And yeah, shout out to Anna. <laughs> um, here is what she said in the review. I was so excited when I saw you had a podcast. I love your non-judgmental, peaceful living outlook on life. I can't wait to learn more about your lifestyle and how I can incorporate it into my own. I'm specifically excited to hear more about being a vegan and crystals. Also, I'm rethinking the hormonal birth control I'm on, so it was nice to hear your perspective. The fun thing about your podcast is it feels like you're right there with you in person hanging out. I'm very excited for more to come. Smiley face emoji. Thank you so much for leaving a review, Anna, and we'll have to get in contact. Um, I'll send you an email so we can um, set up our one-on-one free mini human design reading. (laughs) All right, guys, I hope you enjoy this episode, and I'll catch you at the end. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Meredith, and she is from The High Life. That's H-Y-E. What does that stand for again, Meredith? That stands for honor yourself every day. That is so beautiful. Awesome. So yeah, we're just going to dive right in. I have some fun kind of get to know you questions um, for the beginning before we dive into everything that you do. Um, and before we talk about like your human design chart a little bit and how that plays into what you do for yeah your work and everything. Yeah. Um, okay. So first question, what is one thing that you like to do for fun? And this can be anything. It doesn't have to be work related or whatever. Um. I, I would ha- probably have to say yoga. I don't know if that's like a cliche answer for me, but it is something that I genuinely find not only fun, but 
meditative and it's movement and it's like just all the things for me. So awesome. Yeah, definitely. I feel the same way. Like if I just try to sit and meditate, it's not as, um, what's the word? Like beneficial to me is if I'm like doing a little stretching movement kind of meditation. So definitely. Um, okay. yeah, what I was, was going to say, I like can't sit still either. Like, oh, yeah, no, I'm working on that. Me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, so do you have a morning routine? If so, what's that like? Um, maybe you have an evening routine instead or any other daily kind of rituals that you practice? Yeah, um, so I do have like a, a semblance of a morning routine, but I'd be lying if I said I did it absolutely the same way every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because I'm currently trying to like make myself more of a morning person and working on shifting back my my hours that I'm waking up earlier, but typically I will, um, always try to read the daily meditation from a journey to the heart. It's like a book that has 365 uh, meditation for every day. And so you can just always keep it by your nightstand. Um, so I read from that and then I will go and, you know, like rinse my face and, you know, brush my teeth and all that stuff. And I will always dry brush. That's something I do do pretty much every day. Um, that just like wakes up my lymphatic system. It just makes me feel like more alive alert. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will, sometimes I'll do oil pulling. We'll always tongue scrape too. I forgot to mention that when I like brush my teeth and stuff, we'll always do that first. And, um, that's so kind of like, this. do you oil pull before or after you scrape your tongue? I'm curious. After I, I will oil pulling, but I have, I don't have a tongue scraper. Yeah. So you can also just sort of like brush your tongue really hard with your toothbrush effectively. But in other words, you want to get that stuff out before you're actually drinking anything in the morning. Like I used to be like a wake up and chug water kind of person, but like you're just going to swallow that bacteria that's accumulated in your mouth. Okay. So you want to get that out first. Mm -hmm. So I will tongue scrape, brush my teeth, and then I'll oil pull. Oh, okay. After you brush your teeth. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, I could be doing it wrong, but that's the way I do it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And yeah, that's kind of it for my morning routine. I usually like to get in some sort of movement before I really do anything or, you know, I'm not starving right away. So I, I'm not someone who just has breakfast first thing. I usually wait like an hour or so and we'll do some yoga stretches or um, go for a walk or something like that. And then in the evening, um, I love my evening routine. It's once I'm, you know, turned down for bed and teeth brush again, face, you know, moisturizer and all that kind of stuff. I will turn all the lights off in my room. I'll lie on my bed with my legs up the wall and I will listen to Abraham Hicks. Are you familiar with them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This like spiritual medium, basically this woman, Esther Hicks, she kind of channels this entity. And um, there's just like hours and hours on uh, YouTube videos of their, these conferences that they host. And it's just audio. There's just like an image that stays on the screen. So I'm not actually watching anything, but I'm just listening. And I just like drop into this state of mind before going to bed. That's just like so pure and like esoteric that I just like sleep so well after that. That is really cool. I'll have to, I'll have to look into that because I just kind of have been like watching a little bit of stuff on Instagram and then um, like all the quotes, like I follow that, the account. I don't know if it's actually like the human behind Abraham Hicks or whatever, or what, whatever it is, but um, that one account that uh, posts a bunch of quotes, I follow mm-hmm. that account. So yeah, yeah. that's, it's helpful, but for me, it's like, you know, I do spend so much time on my phone, like by nature of the business and the work that I do that mm-hmm. having something like that, where it's completely disconnected from 
like, well, it's almost like counterintuitive to have like motivational quotes and stuff that you read on Instagram because it's like, I'm still like, I'm on my phone. Like, I'm not actually connecting with those thoughts that I'm in, that I'm internalizing. So that kind of gives me a chance to actually be in my own head with the thoughts and not like see it for 30 seconds, scroll on and see someone's picture of a dog. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a good idea. I'll have to look that up. Um, Okay. Uh, Next question is a fun one. What, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Uh, Gosh, I would probably want to pick either transportation or flying, I think. Like teleportation? Um, yeah, 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 teleportation. Yeah, transportation. <laughs> <laughs> teleportation. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just I love to travel so much, and it would be so great if I just didn't have to do all the time in between. Yes. Um, and just it's always been a passion of mine to want to just like see more of the world. And um, although if I could fly, like it would be, it would be a cool way to do that. I wouldn't mind. The, I wouldn't mind the travel time if it was actually me just like flying solo. Yes, that would be awesome too. Just like the feeling of that. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's kind of go back to when you were little. Um, what did you always want to be when you grew up? Oh my god, like a different thing every day. Um, <laughs> I wanted to, there was a time where I like wanted to be a marine biologist or I wanted to be a veterinarian or um, I wanted to be an acrobat at one point. And not that I like ever really did any of these things in depth, but it was almost like, you know, you would do an exciting activity as a kid. Like we would be on vacation and we'd be swimming with dolphins and I'd be like, I want to be a marine biologist or, you know, we go to a circus and then I'd be like, no, I want to do that. And like, yeah. I, just, like had, I was such a dreamer that like I would see something and like immediately just envision myself being like a master at it. And like, I would just kind of cling on to that until the next thing piqued my interest. That is um, so interesting because in your, in your human design chart that I'm looking at, um, you are a manifesting generator and that's like what manifesting generators do. They, <laughs> whenever they're interested in something, they're like, yes, I need to do this. And like, I need to start this right now or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah it's that's true. really interesting that you were um, interested in so many things as a child even. So Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's kind of funny to think about that now because I hadn't really until you asked me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So now that you're an adult and you're like still kind of, I mean, I guess we are all still developing and growing. What do you want to be now when you grow up? It's almost like it hasn't really changed, but rather than always trying to find something else that already exists to want to be, I'm kind of just focusing on being who I want to be here and now. Like rather than always trying to look for something to become, I'm, I always just sort of want to be my best self now so that I can, you know, and effectively be someone that makes a positive impact on other people in whatever way, shape or form that that takes on at the time. So right now, you know, I'm a health coach and I love what I do and it's amazing. And, but who knows like how long that's going to be what I feel drawn to do. You know, I'm planning on getting my yoga certification as well this year. And, you know, maybe that develops more into a retreat leader, like who, who knows. And I'm kind of just letting things unfold as they feel good for me in the moment. That's awesome. That's so perfect. Um, Okay. So let's kind of move on a little bit more to your human design. I know that before we looked it up, you weren't sure. You didn't know what your, anything about human design. So this is going to be pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm psyched. (laughs) So yeah. So I, I, I heard about human design on a podcast, like 
about a year and a half ago when Jenna Zoe was on the Your Own Magic podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, she was talking about projectors and um, because Raquel, the host of the Your Own Magic was a, is a projector. So she was talking a lot about projectors and I was like, okay, I'm relating to this so much. I need to look this up. And I was also a projector. So it was just like really cool. I was so relatable right off the bat and I had to dive deeper into it. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I started using it. What was, Sorry, projector, what? projector is your element? Um, yeah, it's, it's my, it's the type, it's the energy type. Yeah. So there's five energy types. There's generators, there's manifesting generators, there's projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. And it's all based on what um, energy centers are defined or undefined, like colored or white in your chart. Um, so you can go to mybodygraph.com and look it up, put all your birth information in and look up your chart. And, um, so yeah, you're a manifesting generator and uh, what you were talking about earlier, being interested in so many different things and it kind of changing from day to day. That's very typical for manifesting generators. And it's just so cool because children, I feel are a lot closer to their higher self than like adults are just because of like all of the conditioning and stuff. Like we kind of have to work a little harder to, get more real and authentic with ourselves than children do. So that's yep. really cool that you mentioned that. Um, but yeah, so basically a manifesting generator. Um, we're going to talk about the two main things that you um, should focus on in order to kind of like be or stay your authentic self. It seems like you're very much in tune with yourself and who you are and like what you want to do and everything like that. So just kind of like make sure to stay in that element. So your strategy is the first thing and um, all generators and manifesting generators will have the same strategy and that is to respond and what you're responding to is your gut. So kind of like what lights you up, what pulls you forward or what kind of like makes you feel icky and like repels you away. So anything that you love, follow and anything that like does not feel right, don't question it and just like move on and just say like, nope, that's not right for me. Um, and then since you're a manifesting generator, so manifesting generators will have their throat energy center defined and that's kind of linked to like their gut or their authority. Um, the authority is an energy center that takes precedence over all the rest when you're making decisions. So it's kind of like what your soul communicates to your body almost. Um, so you know kind of what's going to be right and wrong for you. Um, but yeah, so that, that throat is defined and it's connected to your sacral center, um, which is also your authority. So when your throat's defined, um, that makes you a manifesting generator and manifesting generators have the kind of manifester tendencies where they want to like go do and go get things done right away. Mm -hmm. And when, if you, if you kind of like jump into a project or something before you're ready for it or before that, um, that gut, your gut tells you like, yes, I'm so lit up by this. Then later down the road, maybe like a couple days or a couple weeks into it, you could be like, yeah, this isn't going right. I, I don't, I'm not feeling this anymore. And I'm just going to like drop this off. And it's not that like a lot of people might, might have told you before or in, when you were a kid or earlier in your life, like that you're quitting I and mean, you need to stop quitting things, but it's okay because that's just how you function. Like you need to try these things and see if they let you up. Um, 
But yeah, a technique to kind of help with that is just listen to your authority and your strategy, which is just to respond and listen to your gut. So yeah, I feel like that you're doing such a great job already of becoming like this authentic self of yours. And um, it's just really good to be aware that like these are your energetics that are inside of you. Um, and it's kind of like what your soul came to be on this earth. So yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. No, that's how, so how cool. do you relate to like kind of everything I just talked about? Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of ways. And it's funny how like now reflecting back to like what my ambitions were as a kid, how that has sort of kind of manifested so far in my life and how, you know, I, for a while, and like most of college, like I thought that what I wanted to do was work in fashion. And when I had that sort of realization that like, you know, I can determine what my career is. Like, I don't have to subscribe to something just because my parents did it or my mm-hmm. did it or whatever. And, um, kind of like having, it was almost like more knowing that I had that sort of control over myself that was more attractive than like what I was actually doing. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I think about it. And so I was like going headstrong into, you know, doing fashion internships and like all of college, I was like, this is what my, this is what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. blah. But even within that, like every summer I was doing a different kind of internship within fashion. So rather than like, you know, I, I didn't, I ended up being in, in buying for two years, but before that I was like, I did something in design. I did something in PR. I did something in merchandising. And then I got my job as a bu- in, in buying. And once I had that like stable kind of place where I had like a spot for, you know, the two years that I worked there, I was like, I'm bored. Like I want to do something else. Like, <laughs> yes. like this is, this is my childhood, like coming back up and just being like, no, I what's okay. What's the next thing? Like want to try something yep. else now. And, um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and manifesting generators, like they have that energy and they have the desire to do multiple different things. So you'll see a lot of manifesting generators out there that might like work corporate and have like two successful side hustles or something like that. So like a lot of manifesting generators are very multi-passionate and they, they thrive in um, like a lot of people would call it busy, but that kind of has a negative connotation. Like, but I don't know what else, what other word to use, but manifesting generators definitely thrive like when they're busy and when they have things to do. And um, yeah, so it's, it's really, it's totally okay that, if, if you have all these different passions and like you want to pursue them or like how you do your health coaching and like, then you're uh, your host of the podcast that you run and everything like that. So yeah, it's, it's okay to have all these different passions and it's okay to do multiple things at once because you have the energy for it. As long as everything that you're doing is lighting you up inside, um, you'll have the energy to, to follow anything that you want to do. So that's really cool as a manifesting generator. Yeah, um, a couple other things. Has, Sorry. I was just going to say that it definitely has like its pros and cons. Like it's, it, I definitely am someone who needs to be doing all of these things kind of at once. And, you know, but to that degree, I sort of have to figure out how to fine tune it because it can also get to the point where I'm like such a yes person that I'll just like say yes to all of these things that suddenly I, I do have to sort of self-reflect and say, you know, what actually is suiting me right now and what's not. And mm-hmm. sometimes it takes like, you know, um, hitting pause on things to sort of take inventory of all that's going on. And definitely. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the, um, your strategy and your authority of the strategy is to wait for your, to respond and you have to wait for your body, literally like your gut to respond and be lit up by something. Um, so yeah, sometimes if you're just like, yes, yes, yes. And then you're like, hold on a second. This was definitely a no. Like if it's not for any, any manifesting generators and generators, if it's not a hell yes, then it's just going to be a no in the future. Even if you're like, "Mm, yeah, maybe that's going to be, yes, you try it and you're like, yeah, no, that's, that was a no. (laughs) So, um, a couple other things that I want to talk about in your chart is where you have openness. Um, so open openness is when you have a white energy center on your body graph or on your chart. And, um, there's, there's centers that are open and then there's centers that are completely open to where that you don't have, you don't have any of the numbers inside the centers. Um, like, like circled around or like colored in at all. And that just means that that, that energy center isn't really activated at all. And you do have one of those. Some people don't have any, some people will have like, um, just like a, a bunch of open centers, but not like completely open centers. Um, so you have one completely open center and that's your heart slash ego center. Um, and so the, the heart is our like physical self. So that's why it's also considered the ego self in like human design. Um, and one of the not self themes. So anywhere you have openness in your chart, you're, you're prone to decondition or you're prone to conditioning from the outside world a little bit easier. Um, and then, but, but it's also an area. So that's kind of like, um, something to be aware of. It's not like bad or anything like that, but it's something to be aware of. Um, and on the other end of it, since you do have openness in a, a couple centers in your chart, then those are places where you can take in energy from the outside world and take in energy from other people and relate to them and kind of like see see them a little bit more. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so your heart center is open. Um, and a, a not self theme or a question that might come up for you is, do I think I have something to prove? Um, does this kind of like relate to you at all? Kind of having something to prove to yourself or society or whatever, parents, siblings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In so many ways. And it's actually funny. I think it was before I went on my, tr- my vacation last week, I did even an Instagram about this and um, it sort of came up for me in a yoga class that I was doing and they, we had the option to take a, you know, one of two forms of a pose, a more restorative option or a more active option. And my tendency I caught myself is always to do the more challenging option, but why? Like, just because I feel like I need to prove to myself that I can do it. So Mm -hmm. sometimes there's like that sort of like needing to prove something to myself, but then there's also, you know, there's definitely um, sometimes resistance in going whole, whole, you know, headstrong into something that feels aligned for me because I sense that it may not be, um, the obvious way to go, or it may not be understood by other people, maybe Mm -hmm. family or, you know, other people that could be tied to the decision. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely relate to that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then another area in your chart that you have open is your solar plexus or your emotional center. And, um, when you have this center open, um, you are in human design, you are considered a non-emotional being. Um, and it doesn't mean that you, you don't have like 
emotions. It just means that your emotions that you feel don't come from inside of you. They come from um, like other people outside of you. So like when you're by yourself and you're just kind of chilling, doing your thing, you're very like cool, calm and collected and nothing can really throw you off. Like if when you're just kind of doing your own thing by yourself, it's kind of, it's when you're around other people that you might become more emotional. So um, if say like your friend or partner walks into the room and is slightly annoyed, just kind of like a little bit annoyed about something and they're fine. It's just like slight, something annoyed them earlier that day. And then all of a sudden you're going to feel this like, this like annoyance in inside of you and it's going to amplify because that's, that's what open centers do. They amplify energy. Um, mm -hmm. So once you pick up on that and you, you're going to feel like super annoyed about, you don't even know what, and you're like, why am I feeling this way? I don't know why I'm feeling so annoyed. And then like your partner or your friend's going to be like, why are you feeling annoyed? And you're going to be like, um, you're making me more annoyed right now. I don't know what's going on. So it's yeah. like, it's just going to kind of um, amplify and escalate pretty quickly. So if you're aware that you do have um, that emotional center open, then it's just another place to kind of like reflect on and say like, okay, this emotion that I'm feeling right now, it's from somebody else and I'm supposed to be feeling it. So I just need to kind of let it pass through me. And like, it's okay because it's not coming from me. I know that I'm personally not annoyed. Somebody else in the room is. And it's, it's something that it's just something to be aware of. And um, is, does this uh, relate to anything that you've experienced before? Hey there, we are taking a quick break from this episode to talk about the sponsor for today. And today's sponsor is Educating Earthlings. I wanted to take a minute and talk about what Educating Earthlings has to offer. So if you don't know, um, Educating Earthlings started out as my personal blog. Um, I was just starting it to share some vegan recipes as I transitioned to the new lifestyle um, of eating a plant-based diet. And it grew into something so much more than just posting recipes. Um, I started talking more about wellness and uh, people started reaching out to me um, for tips and help on what to do for different wellness, you know, goals. Um, so I started a couple programs and um, now you can find two different programs um, on my website. We have a vegan starter guide, which is a six week long little workshop that I guide you through um, to your new vegan lifestyle. Um, and then my second program, it's brand new. It's called Authentically You. And this program is all about uncovering who you truly are. It gives you an excuse to be authentically you. We talk about human design and how to manifest, digest life, um, consume food, everything that has to do with wellness. We are going to cover in that authentically you workshop. And I am super excited to get started with you guys. So thank you for listening and make sure to go check out educating-earthlings.com for all of the new updates. Um, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to my blog's um, newsletter via email, 
and head over to Instagram and follow me at educating.earthlings and also follow this podcast account at High Vibe Human. Thank you guys. I love you so much. Back to the episode. It entirely sort of encapsulates me as a health coach kind of and why I feel like I see it as a gift first and foremost, but then it does have this this side that I have to be aware of because, you know, as an empath, essentially what it is, I very quickly absorb other people's energy, as you said, and that is something that I've recognized about myself. And to a degree, it's it's amazing because it allows me to connect to people on a certain level that, Mm -hmm. you know, other people aren't necessarily able to. And it allows me to form these connections with people who are meeting me for the first time over the phone or over a, a you know virtual coaching session or through Instagram, but be able to feel like they've known me a lot longer and, and I them. So, you know, I had, I was on a discovery call with a client yesterday and we'd never spoken before. She had like I first came into my awareness from, you know, that morning and, but you know, we got on the phone and just sort of talking about her issues. It felt like, you know, we'd been friends for a long time and, um, so I feel blessed that I'm able to to do that. But to the same degree, you know, there are moments where, you know, we can get into, you know, pretty deep things in coaching sessions and I can walk away sort of feeling the effects of that. And I have to sort of be alone the rest of the day or, you know, just sort of take, take again, take inventory of what's mine and what's not mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that is such a beautiful way to look at it too, is that any, anywhere that you have openness in your chart, um, even especially like your emotional center, that that is such a gift to be able to relate and like feel other people's energies so much. So yeah, I'm glad that you pointed that out. Yeah. Um, so kind of talking about um, what you do as a health coach, let's move into that since you just started talking about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, where where have you started? Like, where did you start? What was like your first inspiration? We can even go back before health coaching was even an idea. And maybe you had like an awakening of like in your, um, fashion job where you're like, yeah, this is not for me. I need to start doing something else. So yeah, let's kind of start back at the beginning. And then like, where did the idea spark and how did you grow your business and everything like that? Yeah. I kind of feel like it was one of those things where, you know, almost like universe coming into play stars aligning kind of thing, which it it always does. I understand that now, but the, at the time, um, you know, didn't really see how things would formulate together, but basically I've always been, um, very conscious of my own health and that stemmed from a young age of, um, you know, sort of struggling with weight a little bit as a kid. Like I was kind of like a I don't, I was not like by any means like an obese kid, but I was definitely more cherub like, and I would like hold, I would hold on to a little bit more, you know, my, my baby fat stuck around a lot longer than some of like my siblings or my friends. And it was weird because I was, you know, eating similar foods as them. And like, I was just as active and we, we couldn't really figure out what was going on. But so my mom and I kind of took it upon ourselves to investigate healthy eating habits a little bit more. And this was like way before anyone ever would say that, you know, having SpaghettiOs and hot dogs and bagel you know, bagel bites were a bad thing for a kid. So it was kind of like, okay, so now I'm this like 10 year old and I'm like making myself scrambled eggs and like having, you know, this more awareness of like, what's a carb and like this kind of stuff. And, um, so kind of going through that at a young age sort of accelerated my, um, maturation and, um, just sort of, you know, I, I couldn't, it's almost like you can't unsee things. So like once all this kind of information around health was in my 
in my um, mind, I couldn't just sort of ignore that. And so I always, and, and I, by nature, I have this curiosity, like my, my little animal, I was obsessed with little things when I was a kid. And my, my like security thing was a little tiny monkey. And it was my curious George. Curious George was like my favorite storybook. And so that was like my thing. And I was always asking questions. I was always like, but why? Or like when? And like how? And I was just always really curious. And anyways, so um, that sort of has always been a trend for me, always asking the next thing and wanting to know more and more. And um, But fast forward to like high school, college, and I, again, had always sort of been into, you know, learning more and more on my own about health and nutrition, trying different things, figuring out what worked for me all the while being more and more and more in tune with my own body, what feels good for me. And um, sure, I tried some like, you know, diets. I like tried Atkins for a while. I tried South Beach for a while. And then, you know. Atkins, Atkins diet. Do you, do you kind of feel like the Atkins diet is like keto or keto now? Keto. Um, I, I think feel like it keeps coming back like as a different thing. Yeah. There, I think that there's, their nuances to it, more or less, it's kind of the same. I don't think Atkins so much emphasized needing to be in ketosis, although it, it was more just like, it more emphasized low carb where I feel like keto emphasizes high fat. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, that There's like a sense. nuance to that. Mm-hmm. Um, both I think are not great, <laughs> just to put that out there. For That's the a, long term. <laughs> a different topic, yeah. Um, but in other words, I tried all these different things and more and more, I would like take bits and pieces that worked for me from each thing and then kind of just rejected what didn't and sort of mm-hmm. just became more and more into with myself. But, um, again, never really considered that health or and wellness or anything would be something that I pursued as a career it was kind of just like a part of who I was. And at some point, you know, yoga came into my life and, um, and all that. But meanwhile, I just sort of, I had always loved fashion and it's funny cause I was also a huge tomboy when I was a kid. So it's funny <laughs> to think that like, I like loved clothes and I do love clothes and all that. But, um, I, I guess for me, it was one of the ways that as a, as an introvert, most of college and, and, or most of high school and into college, um, that I could express myself. And I went to an all girls private school from middle school all the way through the end of high school. And we all know how, you know, catty teenage girls can be. And so sometimes you know, not feeling like I could fully be who I was or not even really even knowing fully who I was then, you know, I, I sort of found myself in the clothes that I wore or like what interests me then and sort of observing myself change as my style changed. And so that to me was an empowering and why I wanted to work in fashion for so long. And um, like I mentioned before, I went through all these internships when I was in college and then graduated and had a job right away. So I already had a job lined up and I um, was set to work at Bloomingdale's um, in New York City. And so again, I always had it in my head that I had to live in New York because this is where fashion is. And like, if you want to get in there at, you know, a young place, that's where you have to be. And so that was always just sort of, it wasn't really a question of where I would go after school. And so came here, um, jumped right into working in fashion and it was great for like a year, year and a half or so. And Um, but I was, you know, little by little sort of feeling like this stagnation sort of stirring within me and recognizing like that, you know, this is sort of the path that's laid out for me. And what was great about Bloomingdale's is that they do have this program. So for people who do come in and they want to see like, this is where I could be in five years. And like, this is what I could be making. And like, that's great. Like having that sort of structure, it's, you know, not other, you, you know, some places aren't, you're not that lucky, but 
for me, that was almost like claustrophobic. And I was like, well, what, what if I don't want to do that? Like, is there at some point I can, can I like peel off and do this instead and like come back if I want to, but you know, maybe not, or, or I would, you know, I would see what my boss was doing and it would kind of scare me that I'd be like, I don't want her job. And I'm like, that's kind of a red flag that like, I don't want to do what my boss does. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, so, but I was like, you know, maybe, you know, you know, why am I feeling uninspired now when I was so into this when I was in college? And maybe it's because when I was in college, like I had two things to think about. I had myself, my schoolwork to do. And then fashion was like my escape and it was like my thing. And it kept, you know, I had those two different things to focus on that kept things interesting. So maybe now in order to refuel my passion in fashion, I need to have, you know, a side thing from that. And so I thought about, you know, oh, I'm, you know, really into yoga and nutrition and whatever. So like, maybe that's something I want to pursue a little bit more fully. And maybe it's just taking a class. I don't know. I started looking into things and figured out that going, you know, and getting a full degree would be too much of a full-time thing. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to devote that much time and energy to it yet. So um, I kind of just wanted to put my feet in the water, but I found, um, I came across IIN, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and how it wasn't just a nutrition course. It was this thing called health coaching and it's more, um, holistic. So it's not just looking at what you're eating, but also how you're moving and, you know, our, your career, your, your relationships, your spirituality, um, your finances and, and all of these things, how these all interplay into your overall well-being, both physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and how as a health coach, you know, you can be that sort of, um, guiding light for people without having to, you know, give so much instruction or, you know, you don't have to have all of this knowledge necessarily just, but just being sort of a soundboard for people because so many times we have the answers within us and we just need that place to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of intrigued me because I've always sort of been that person for my friends and family that they just kind of come to and just vent. And again, that sort of, um, was a pro of being an introvert is that I never really felt like I needed to just like, you know, throw all my problems on other people. Like whenever I was feeling something, I very much internalized it and would sort of sit with myself and disengage until I worked through it on my own, because I knew that I would kind of reflect how I was feeling to other people. And I didn't want them to think that it was, had anything to do with them. So Mm -hmm. that's how I would handle things. But I was, I was, you know, always willing to hear other people's problems. I wanted to kind of hear other people's problems too, because it gave me sort of a greater sense of self and accomplishment to help them work through things. And so I, I very much connected to this idea of what a health coach did. And so I was like, that's kind of cool. Like I could potentially make a career off of just being me. Like that's cool. Mm-hmm. And um, so I sort of just, you know, dove into doing IIN in addition to, you know, working at my job full time in fashion and wasn't at first like, sold on the idea that I was going to completely like change careers. It was more just like, we'll see where this goes. And Mm -hmm. the more work that I did for that class, and I kind of used myself as my own initial client, you know, doing all the exercises that they recommend you do with clients I was doing on myself, realized that a lot of the unhappiness that I was kind of feeling stemmed from, you know, not totally living my truth and kind of telling myself that because I devoted all this time to being in a certain industry, that that's like how it, like, that's where I had to stay, you know, like telling myself that I couldn't just change or, um, you know, that that wasn't okay, or I wasn't giving it a fair chance or whatever, and not just listening to what I felt like I needed to do, which was to, you know, leave New York first and foremost, 
I realized that, that was just like not the place I wanted to be. It's a different pace of life for me. Not that there was anything wrong with the city. It's just not for everybody. And um, that I wanted to spend more of my, you know, twenties going out and seeing the world and doing all these things. And you know, my sister lives in London and she has a kid now and she's married, but even so like they went and saw like 11 or 12 different countries in one year, like while she was pregnant. And I'm like, that's what, that's what you do in your twenties. Like you go yes. to the world, like you don't just sit in a cubicle and like, you know, miss out on so much. And once I like, it's, it's again, it's kind of like, once you see things, you can't unsee them. And so like, once I had this in my head, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I can't just be here. And I kind of all very quickly escalated to thinking, okay, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to be a health coach. I'm going to work on my own thing, but also being kind of practical about it. So I wasn't of this idea that I could quit my job and like just devote being a health coach and like have everything be okay. And like, you know, without really having any sort of built up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I had like started my website and my Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So it was like formulating slowly and slowly, but I knew that I needed to kind of shift into wellness more full time in order to really give that more attention. I couldn't really split it between, you know, working fashion for eight hours a day and then coming over and, you know, treating it like it was only giving it two hours or so of my attention. But, um, so it kind of just like worked out really well timing wise that I found Pvolve, which is the fitness startup that I've been working at. Oh, cool. And, yeah. No, I, j- I literally just started doing their workouts. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, yeah, it's an amazing, amazing method and it's, it's so brilliant and it just resonates with me so well. That was the yeah, other thing is like, right. I never considered either being a fitness instructor either because I myself like would get bored of the same thing. Like I wasn't passionate about a certain type of class. Like I, like I didn't really like spin. I enjoyed it once, like every six months or like, like even kickboxing, like it was fun once in a while, but like, I could never see myself doing something that consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, but people resonated with me on a different level. And, um, they also were a, a, uh, startup, which really was, um, interesting to me. I minored in entrepreneurship. Um, mm-hmm. so I've always kind of had this, like, you know, um, ambition to be an entrepreneur, work for myself, but intrigued how other people do it or whatever. So there was a lot of things that drew me to them. And when I reached out just saying, you know, I would love to work with you in some way, you know, I'm getting my health coaching certification and, you know, maybe there's a way I can help grow your blog or whatever. Mm-hmm. They were, they were willing to take on someone who kind of was this jack of all trades kind of role. They, they needed, you know, people, they needed hands in a number of different things. And I was willing to be that person to dabble and cool. it just, you know, That's it worked so cool. really well. Yeah. So that was great. So what, did, what did you help them do over at Pvolve? Yeah. So, um, for the past year I've been their studio manager. They just have like one New York city studio. Um, but I also train, was a trainer there and, or still am uh, currently. And, um, I also was their blog, am their blog, um, editor, uh, writer, essentially content coordinator on the blog side. Mm -hmm. And, um, I also did a little bit of copywriting for their emails and stuff like that. It was kind of one of these things where something would come up and, someone would either volunteer me and I'd be like, yeah, sure. Um, or I would be like, yeah, I'll, like, I'll try that and see if I'm good at it kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. Um, That's and helpful. yeah, yeah. Which, so it's, it's been, and, I, and I've learned so much doing that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's been awesome. Cause it's literally like sort of what I was missing from, you know, being in fashion where I was sort of pigeonholed into this one kind of role as, yeah. and this one really let me sort of come into my own and figure out along the way, like, what am I good at and what am I not so good at? And, um, so I, that just worked out like, so amazingly well. And because of and that, you're still doing that right now I am. Yeah. Cool. Um, but, um, 
I will be sort of shifting gears like really soon, but, um, I mean, up until now it's been great because it's also allowed me to grow my, myself and my, my brand, my business, the high life, um, on the side. And they've been really supportive of that too. Like they've known this whole time that that's something that I have been wanting to do. And, um, it exposed me to more people. People would come and take my class and they would say, Oh, like your health coach too. And like, find me that way. Or, um, so it's just been really a really great balance. Um, but you know, it, it, it does kind of sometimes get to the point where, you know, like I was saying, I'm a yes person and I would take off, but you know, bite off more than I could chew and sort of having to take a step back and reevaluate all that I'm taking on and Mm -hmm. protect my energy in that way. But also be careful that I'm not, um, you know, not, I don't want to, I guess, blaming, I don't, I, you know, I'm not blaming anybody for the workload that is put on me because effectively I gave them the impression that I could do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so having to sort of check in with my own ego and be like, Hey, like you put this on yourself. Like it's, it's up to you to figure out what you really want to do and you owe them, you know, an answer as to what feels aligned and what doesn't. And because ultimately if you're also taking on so many things and you're doing things that don't feel super aligned with you, you're not going to do them your best Mm -hmm. and they deserve someone who is going to do it the best that they can. So you're not really like winning for anybody by taking on more than you can. Mm -hmm. That was kind of a tangent, but Ultimately, no, that's, that's okay. like it was a very effective and necessary <laughs> tangent. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of like what got me to where I am now. That is so cool. Okay, um, so can you describe? I know that I had another guest, uh, Nicole Nelson, and she was also she also went to um, IIN, and um, I'm curious to see what is like what kind of do they prepare you for? I know Nicole already talked about this, but what do, what do they prepare you for um, in, in the whole aspect of like growing your business and getting clients and everything like that? Yeah. So they are really good about um, introducing you to a process of getting comfortable with coaching. So what was really helpful for me was um, this whole idea of having health history consultations before you sign on clients. And um, being open to doing them for free with friends and family first and just sort of getting used to asking these sort of um, uh, like higher level questions that spur conversation for people. And mm-hmm. one of the things they emphasize too is listening. I feel like a lot of the times when we're coaches and sometimes I even catch myself doing this, we have a desire to want to just like keep talking and keep coaching when mm-hmm. really what someone just needs sometimes is just a person to listen and get everything out because when we're always stuck in our heads and just always thinking, we're having a conversation with ourselves, and it often just ends up going in circles. So mm-hmm. just getting it out and even just vocalizing it can be like a breath of fresh air, literally. Um, but so yeah, they really well set you up um, for knowing how to do with these health histories. And from there, kind of walking people through what you would propose as a six month program. For me, and this sort of comes with figuring out who your, your niche is and who your ideal clients are. Um, the six, the idea of a six month program didn't really resonate with me because for me, like my ideal client is kind of someone who is a former version of myself and a former version of myself would have seen this person's trying to sign me on for six months. And that's kind of intimidating for me. Like, I don't even really know what health yeah. coaching is or like, that's a big commitment. Like, well, I don't know where I'll be in six months. So like mm-hmm. that kind of was scary for me and didn't feel right to try to push on other people. So for me, it was kind of like, okay, well, what is something that I feel like I would want or a former me would have wanted in terms of support and that was, you know, shorter term programs. So maybe it's three months or maybe it's just four weeks. And 
um, you know, maybe it's a little bit more on demand. So it's not just calls, but it's also texting and like that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it gave me the confidence to say, okay, like this is a program structure that we know works this six month program. And I would be like, okay, so again, I can sort of take what works for me and like discard what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they also are supportive in that they give you um, different exercises and things that you can do. Um, and again, prompting questions to ask your clients that, um, again, sort of give you this, this sense that, you know, things, things will flow, um, once you just know what to ask, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it was an amazing program that it did give me the confidence to be a coach. Um, but it's also sort of tapping into who you, who you naturally are, because ultimately that's like effectively what you're selling. And like, that's what differentiates you one coach from another is being you and your own personality. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's about not getting caught up in trying to like stick to a script or something and just bringing to the table who you are and who your energy is. Cause that's what people feed off of. Awesome. I love that. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. Um, okay. So, uh, before, do you have anything else to add about your business, your health coaching, maybe like a little, um, program that you wanted to plug or anything like that before we wrap it up? Sure. Yeah. Um, so actually really exciting. I've, um, recently been in the development stages of a group training program. Um, that'll be like more of an intimate setting, like six to eight girls max, but, um, it would be a seven week program. And, um, over that we would have a different topic every week that we discuss, um, you know, be in a private Facebook group. And every other week we would have like a live call, um, where we would go over the topics at hand, like people ask questions and stuff. And and meanwhile, they do have that instantaneous support, um, via like messenger from me, from the other girls. And Mm -hmm. I just think that's sometimes a less intimidating way for people to really get into this idea of coaching and having a support system. Um, that isn't so like one-on-one sometimes people, sometimes it's, it's the opposite. People will, um, really su- succeed. And when they have this one-on-one support and other people kind of clam up because they're like, Oh, that's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited to roll out this, um, group coaching program and it's not yet up on my website, but, um, I will have, you know, uh, that fully prominent on my site when I do. But in the meantime, um, I do like these one-on-one coaching, um, sessions that, are either four weeks um, or three months, but I also have like a rolling monthly kind of subscription thing. So people can either sign up for one session a month, two or four sessions a month and um, sort of fit what works for your lifestyle in that way. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So my, my business is always kind of evolving to match what I do feel like my clients need in their life. And mm-hmm. just sort of, again, not trying to hold that limiting belief that I have to stay to fit a certain structure. Mm-hmm um, is, is pivotal for me. And and as I grow, yeah. I love that. I, um, I did a group coaching as, as one of my first, so I, I, I had a vegan starter guide that I like switched into a, um, kind of like a program or a course or whatever. And I tried to do the whole group coaching thing and I tried it. Like everyone was kind of not, not everyone, but you know how like the, the online course or online program space, um, kind of promotes those group coaching sessions and everything Mm -hmm. like that. And a lot of people have a lot of success from it. And I just kind of felt I'm a projector. So my aura is more like one-on-one focus. Like my, my aura is very like focused in and for, for generators and manifesting generators, their aura is very big and wide and encompassing. And they, they're able to kind of like, um, like support more than just like 
one, one-on-one person. So when I was doing those group sessions, I kind of felt like pulled in all different directions and I wasn't really focused on what I was doing. So, um, I find personally that I, I coach better or I'm able to work with my clients better one-on-one. So I switched that program. All I did was just like switch it to you get two one-on-one sessions with me included. Like we can schedule them whenever you want. And that's been working yeah. out better with me. So it's, it's really cool to hear that like that what works for you actually speaks to your energy type as well. Um, being a manifesting generator. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. That. And that's one thing too, that I forgot to mention is that like, there's different tiers to the grouping mm-hmm. too. So like if someone wants it to just kind of be more of a, I don't, I don't want to say passive, definitely not passive, but if they don't want that one-on-one element, then they can just sort of stick with that level. Whereas someone who wants um, the group and the one-on-one support, they can sign on for, you know, a certain number of sessions that way too. That's cool too. There's there's different tiers to it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Okay. So before I ask the final question that I ask all my guests, where can everybody find you? So they can find me on Instagram. It's at the high life. Again, that's H Y E life. Um, And they can find my website. It's feel the high.com. My podcast, the high life podcast is on Apple podcasts. It's also on Spotify and yeah, you can find me in all those places. Um, I do, I do a, a weekly, a weekend newsletter. I call it my high five newsletter and it's, you know, five things to elevate your senses, each of the five senses. Um, and I do that every weekend. So if you want those vibes in your inbox, subscribe. Um, I think that's it. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'll put all of those links, um, in the show notes for everyone listening and okay. For the final question, what is your number one tip for the listeners to raise your vibes? be present. And I know that that's probably a little bit of a cliche too. And it's definitely on top of mind because I'm reading Eckhart Tolle power of now. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's so true. And when we're always, you know, thinking about the past or thinking about the present, we're never actually happy and exactly where we are now, but now is the only thing that's real. It's the only thing that is true and fact. And so being able to be happy and feel into our desire to be happy now is, is, is the only thing way that you're going to end up, end up having happiness mm-hmm. in the future. Um, so I think that's, that's probably like the biggest takeaway. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And it's okay that it's cliche. Everyone needs a reminder to just be present. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being on the high vibe human podcast and uh, yeah. Thank I, you so I much love for talking to you. Yeah. I loved learning about this human design thing. It's so cool. Awesome. Okay. Bye guys. Thanks for being on. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. I loved that last little bit that Meredith talked about it, just being present. It's always a reminder that I know I need. So let's all just take a minute and be present in this present moment. Take a deep breath in through your nose and out your mouth. Let's all do one more. In through your nose. Out through your mouth. That feels nice. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the High Vibe Human Podcast. And I will see you guys next week for another fresh new episode. Bye. Light and love from your host, Lexi.